0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 396 of the Mail right Show. And today we're going to talk about our ideas about how you become a luxury agent in 2023. Jonathan Didwin, my amazing, amazing co-host, is the host of the WP Tonic Show. He's the host of another show whose name I haven't quite nailed down yet, but it's the uh, Money Machine, something like that. Membership, membership Machine Show. Me- membership Machine show and he is also the original founder and the original creator of this show though we are now partners in this show so please uh john do us a favor and introduce yourself to our audience for those that may not know you or i for- forgotten
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, unforgettable i think oh, uh, um, <laughs> for all the wrong reasons <laughs> i'd imagine uh um, thanks folks um <laughs> I'm the joint founder of mail rightcom We have a great platform, um, great value, and you get great design. Um, It's a real competitor to real geeks, or Sarah Interactive, packed with features and a CRM and loads of other juicy stuff. Back over to you, Robert.
0: (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Robert Newman. I am uh, probably one of the world's most experienced real estate online marketing consultants. And uh, if you want to check me out, go to inboundrem.com. We are going to get into, I I think the experience that we both have, but me in particular are really going to carry the weight of this particular show. Um, I've been doing business with luxury agents since 2007, 2008. And uh, I've actually watched a number of agents transition their career. I've certainly had long conversations with some of my clients about how they transitioned their career originally. That's where these ideas come from. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into how do you become a luxury agent. Um, Now, first of all, John has his number one, elevate your brand now I think that it's important that people understand that, that I talk about informational branding a lot. So I'm going to I'm going to share my view on this and then John I'm going to ask that you share like more of the traditional branding viewpoint if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, right. Okay. So from an informational branding perspective you want to go on to the places that you can share probably video and pictures and images and things like that because informational branding is more about how you equate yourself like through visual or or audio mediums, like something that's multimedia and how do you make yourself relevant for luxury? Well, that's not all that difficult to understand. It may be difficult to execute, but you would go on to, to Instagram and take pictures of the kinds of homes that you'd want to represent, the kind of neighborhoods that you'd want to represent. And then you talk about them. Now, if you're doing informational branding, doing my type of branding, what you would do is you'd go to the county recorder's office, look in the neighborhood, find two or three homes that really interested you after looking at all the people that own the homes. Informational branding is about telling the story of hyper luxury property. And just to give everybody here an example, I was on a Uh, a guy's website that is a luxury agent, Orange County. He only has four properties listed there right now, but all of them are 40 million plus. And each one he had written and had a video story on. Each one he's in front of the property, usually lounging around somewhere where the camera catches a really good view of the property. And I don't know if they're his exclusive listings or not, but I would guess not. He's just decided that he's going to represent only $40 million plus properties. He's sitting there on, in one case, on a, like a, like a bench that's in front of the property. And he's casually talking about all the people that have owned the property in the past.
1: Which funny, been, funny enough, Rob, I can see you on a couch in front of a $40 million property. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, John. Thank you. And that's, what, what, what drink would be in your hands, Rob? Oh, probably just another one of these energy drinks, just like mm. the one I have here. They're all, they all—they change, John. I don't have a single brand. They they always, I, I go through the gambit. Of course, yeah. um, but the, um, the idea, informationally, is that you tell a compelling story about the kind of property that you want to list, that you do it on social media or YouTube or, or mm. Facebook or a Facebook group, and you start like literally putting in the work to make yourself known in conjunction with the kind of property that you wanna wanna list and sell. All right. That's the new ag online marketing digital kind of approach. John, what do you think the other side of it is like elevating your brand? What are the other things that you could do like that might be more traditional?
1: Well I think um I think in the past I I think you no, know, being in front of a Lamborghini in front of some some of the houses, having some very glamorous pictures of yourself on your website. Um, I think that's seen it as as being luxury and um I think things have changed rapidly. Um I don't f th- I think in some ways it's probably easier to get your foot in the door. Um by by video by Instagram YouTube by being able to produce a lot of video around the type of properties and having listening to this podcast listening to you. Um, but I think the more traditional methods is door knocking um, is maybe going in these, you know, the 40 million, not, you know, that doesn't work at all. The only way that's going to work traditionally, if you go to, you're able to go to some events or be part of an organisation where those type of people, um, our members are members are involved with and just building uh, some kind of relationship with those type of people um, on a lesser scale, but in the lower end of the luxury thing, maybe door-knocking and that type of approach. Because Tom Ferry, one of his most popular videos on his YouTube channel, is a lady based in Southern California. It's about five to six-year-old video. Um, done at one of his great conferences. And that's how she built her book of business, by going, um, it's a coastal town, and she just built it up through consistent door knocking, and it's one of the most favourite popular videos on his channel.
0: You don't remember her name, do you? No, I don't,
1: actually. I I can see her in my mind and that, but...
0: Is Is she Asian? No okay okay interestingly enough, that's not the only client that has done that, so uh these are two people I've done business with and jackie um Jackie Thompson has also done um door knocking in a a community here in Orange County called Shady Canyon. Shady Canyon lists between five and 10 million and Jackie currently is uh, top 20 in the state of California. You know, there are agents out there that build books of business, but it happens slowly. And I don't think that door knocking is the right is the right language for it? I would. That's not the language I would use personally. No. I'm not saying anything wrong about what you're stating, but I'm saying more like community networking yeah. outreach. I know for a fact that Jackie does not knock on a door with a pitch. I know she's there to just introduce herself and say, "Yeah, hey, that's
1: a, yeah, that's why I mean, I don't think you know going in with the traditional, what is seen as a, t- a traditional pitch." And you know, I don't. I totally agree with you. That wouldn't work.
0: Right it and and another thing about Jackie is that she she uh worked hard and moved into the community that she decided to target and then owned the community that she decided to target it was a genius marketing plan one that she worked towards i think i don't know this for a fact but i think she worked towards it for a while and i don't know if she backed into it or if it was planned but i'm going to I'm going to say for the sake of this podcast that I would like to think that it was planned, that she she knew that this was an area that she loved and that she decided to move into it. And then she owned the market. And by owning the market, she's she's seen huge success. And I have no doubt that she probably knocks on the door and everybody that moves in or moves out like I would. So I, I see no reason why she wouldn't um, tailor your content towards luxury communities in your market. So content, that is kind of what we talked about in, in number one. Okay, so tailor your content. Content is anything that you that you produce that is going to be visible for other people including by the way PDFs, business cards. Like there's a lot of different types of content that you can do. You've got non-traditional or online marketing which is now almost traditional because it's so prevalent. And that's taking pictures and going out with your cell phone and and sitting in front of, you know, properties that are that are in the communities that you want. Making sure that your content is geared like if you're going into Bel, Bel Air, as an example, you're going to want to take a a picture of the Mount Olympus gates and things like that. For those of you who are located in California, it's so it's a popular community. And everybody knows what these gates look like, so you're going to want to take a picture of the gates just to kind of like illustrate that you're you're getting into and out of these communities luxury communities even Jackie's community like any anytime you start talking about inventory that is in the top three to four percent of your marketplace maybe five percent my opinion about content is that it becomes very individualized whereas most of us are not ever doing a huge amount of research or deep dive into a single property when you start hitting that level of of cost. You actually do need to know all the people that bought and sold the property prior to the person that you're speaking to. You need to know what other properties are available in the same community, and you need to know them like the back of their hand. And this is coming from Christoph Chu, who actually usually does have all of that information. If you go into Beverly Hills with him, he can generally tell you not only what's available, but he's generally been to that property and walked through it and understands it at an intimate level. How many bathrooms? What is the the decor like? Uh, what What are the rules as to like tearing the property down and then renovating it? So that's, when you say tailor your content towards a luxury communities, part of that to me is how do you speak about that luxury property inside that community? What do you think, John?
1: Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I also think, once again, I suppose I'm going to overhammer this, but I think you can see where I'm coming from. You know, you, it's all about video, babe. You know, you, you, um, it's about pictures, but it's also talking, getting yourself in front of a camera on the type of properties that you want to market um, and it, the time lag is gonna be there, um but I've also seen obviously I have no way of saying if they've been totally truthful, I presume they are. I have watched a few videos of people talking about how they utilize video, how they've moved into a higher um price level area, and they've utilized video, and they've got their first um sell in about three months, but they really utilized a lot of video and they had a plan of action, which you um, talked about a couple of minutes ago. So I'm not saying, I think you've got to have an understanding about marketing and know how you're going to position yourself.
0: And I think that this is a, a, a very overlooked comment, okay? But I'm going to say it because I don't see it listed here. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please do not try to rep luxury property just for money. Have a passion, have a passion for digging into the details. If I was ever to do luxury, John, it would be because luxury would justify me doing the kind of deep dive into everything that I do that I would that I would appreciate. Like the it would be worth it. You know, there'd be a there'd be a a pre- like a commission on the end of it that would justify me going down to the registrar's office because that would fascinate me. That part of the process fascinates me. The ho- once I understood who built like the uh, bathroom fixtures and were they imported from France and from like a custom marble maker and why, the- all of a sudden the story comes alive for me. And the, the con- telling of a compelling story is what I love about sales in general. And so I, I, would, I would lose myself in that. It's the only time I could see myself drifting into luxury is losing myself in the story bit of it and, and finding the clients that would love the level of detail that I would go into if I was repping that property. So there'd be a part of the process that I was passionate about. That is something that I've noticed inside all of my top, top, top luxury agents, there is part of the process that they are actually passionate about. Kristoff loves going out and walking the properties. It's not a chore for him. It's something that he appreciates and just gets off on. And so he's since he's passionate about it, it's part of his routine. And one, by the way, that I noticed that a lot of luxury agents struggle with, but not him. Because I think that he loves it.
1: Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I think it's time to go for a break, don't you think, Rob?
0: Yeah, I do think you are correct. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be right back. Do us a favor. If you're someplace that, uh, if somebody shared this with you, please do us a favor, share it with other people. If you haven't already told other people about the Mail right show we would really appreciate it if you did and if you happen to be on a social platform of some kind smash a like button leave us a comment tell us if you suck tell us we're fantastic tell us you've you've listened to all 396 of the shows we'd appreciate it be right back This is episode number 396. We're talking about how do you become a luxury, our ideas for how you become a luxury agent in 2023. And I want to say, I think there's probably many, many different ways to become a luxury agent. There is the old tried and true way that everybody hates, by the way, which is you could be born into money. You could already know money. And you can you can basically, and by the way, one of my clients that I have listed on my website, somebody that I've done a lot of business with, or, or I'm sorry, that's, that's not a true statement. Somebody that I've done some business with, um, she was uh, not born into it, but she married into it. Mm-hmm. And so she was a Real Housewives of LA and just all this, you know, these different, uh, these different things. But the way that she got there was the person that she was married to. Mm -hmm. So there are other ways to do it. And that was Marissa Zanuck. Okay. So there's more than one way. And who's made it? Dean Zanuck, who's really famous, like a really famous producer. You know, so there's more than one way to get into... Luxury. We're, we're covering how do you work your way into luxury? How, what would our ideas be if you're not born into it, if your parents don't get you into it, if there's no you know, nepotism involved, if you're not marrying into it? How do you get into luxury real estate if all of those things are not present for you? Now, if any of those things are present for you, We probably don't need to tell you how to get into it. You probably already know.
1: (laughs) Well, the other traditional method, isn't it, is to be a buyer, a junior agent or buy agent for an established luxury agent, isn't it, for a few years and just learn the ropes, isn't it? That's the other way, isn't it? Um, And I think what you just outlined and what I've just said is normal. I think there is a third way now which is utilizing video, digital marketing. You can um so I think there's probably three ways of doing it now. And all of them, um, I think all the three ways work, don't they?
0: Yeah, they do. They do. Oh, um, oh so- just
1: one just one other thing. I'm not trying to be funny here, but especially in the LA and some of the other um I've <laughs> This is going to sound really shallow and ridiculous. Do you think? But I think it's true. Do you think you're going to, you know, totally exclude me? What well, I'm just, you know, I, this is why I wouldn't stand any chance in their way. Do you think you've got to be physically good looking as well?
0: I think it helps. Yeah. Like, listen, everybody. Uh, like, I've had like countless conversations, and some of the some of the agents that I list on my website uh, are really attractive. And a lot of the really famous ones are really attractive. And like Josh Flagg, who's gay, but he's really attractive. <laughs> like you, you start going through like who, who do you see in front of you? And while they're not really attractive, they're very well presented. The Altmans, everybody seems to have this visual style. And I think that, that part of that comes down to, do you need to be really attractive? I'm going to say no. But if you 're not really attractive, do you have to have twice the charisma mm. and twice the the physical appearance brand? I say yes. I say in hyper luxury it probably helps like even Joyce Ray and Jade Mills, these are women who take a lot of time and energy looking a certain way, and I think the, the reason they do that is sign- signifies some of the other women that call them. they need to be in the same. Yeah category as those women. So, and I'm not saying that I know this for sure, but they probably do get some some plastic surgery done and things like that. Not so much, I don't think, maybe because of them personally, but probably because they need to belong to a certain group of people. They need to be part of it. and And they need to, as a service person, you need to appeal to this group as much as you can if you're gonna perform at the highest level, which Jade and both Joyce Jade and Jaden do. You know, $680 million in sales last year. That just doesn't happen on accident.
1: You yeah, know what I mean? I think you take this totally spot on what came to mind as you were speaking about that. Was Margaret, funny enough, Margaret Thatcher? You no. Know, um, is that um, when she became prime minister of the UK, Um, She had been worked on quite considerably. She had been elected the opposition prime minister in waiting. And when you see early films of Margaret Thatcher to what she looked like when she became prime minister, she had a whole team work on her. She had lowered her accent she had been um her dress had been modified. She became a bit of a power dresser, um was kind of um linked to always wearing a, a blue um suit, um or certain um jewelry. And but uh, but you see it, she had she had presented a brand which was herself. So I think the same things work with real estate as politicians with other people in the pub in the public
0: eye. I I agree with that, and I I say that that is all. Um, I I, I agree with that. Listen, listen. When you're really deeply in the public eye and you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible for whatever your reason is. I think appearance does matter if you're that is not what I coach to most of my clients though full transparency, John. I usually lean heavily on my own attitudes about like informational branding i'd much rather look how I want to look, not you know grow funky ass beards and do the whole thing, which by the way i I get comments on John it does turn some people off. you've asked me off camera it like a couple different times and and it I actually do physically turn some people off based on my on how I decide to present
1: myself. Well, I do that without the without the beards. I just do that when I open my mouth. Robert, so.
0: <laughs> but, but it's more important to me to, to like, I, I make up for that in knowledge. So if you're a person that's going to get past appearance and go for...
1: You're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed, Robert. There are some people that don't appreciate my English humour, Robert.
0: <laughs> well, I do. That's all that matters to, to 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 us and this show um so ladies and gentlemen when you're talking that was a great question by the way, John, because it comes up a lot a shocking amount inside my my um my consultations, and so it does help, but it doesn't have to be the only thing that you look at for every celebrity that's that's got tons of plastic surgery and is super hot, there is a um a not so great looking immigrant that has built up a business and made like 500 million dollars and is nothing to look at. And well, I
1: think I think it's just a door opener, isn't it? I I think it's like intelligence. There's there's a lot of emphasis on the intelligence, you know, but the truth is there's been um there's been some scientific research about IQ levels and about a lot of people with a very high IQ level that and it's in the eye of the beholder here. What I'm saying is, they've gone back to their lives, and if you compare the IQ level in their professional career, they they seem to not have got as high higher up in their professional career as what others would expect. And the reason why I'm humming and hiring is because it's in the eye of the beholder. Maybe they didn't want to get to the top echelons of their particular pathway. Who knows? But what I'm saying is the, these things tend to be just door openers, but they, you still got to do the work. If you don't do the work, it still probably ain't going to work out for you, is it? True.
0: True. All right. So we're going to move on to the next question inside this this email here, which is do property tours of luxury properties. And we're going to kind of breeze through this. We've already covered it a little bit. We're growing short on time. We're probably going to expand this show by about five extra minutes. Um, Do property tours of luxury properties. Now, this is pretty simple, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's simple to understand, but maybe hard to do. Now, I'm going to share this analogy. When Christoph Chu decided to do Beverly Hills, he was working in the South Bay in California. And 25 years ago, he decided that he wanted to be a luxury agent. So he switched his office. And he switched his office, one, to be closer to the types of communities and properties that he wanted to sell. And two, and this is really important, at that time, getting a, the flow of information about when and where these properties were open to be appearing, they just worked better out of his office. He was not an established agent. He did not have like a good flow of information. Now this these days that has probably changed. But the first part of my comment hasn't. If you want to serve luxury communities, it's going to be very helpful if you're close to these communities, either in them or close to them. So that people feel like you're connected and committed. You're going for a lifestyle man. You're going for a full on I've got five million dollars and you're not going to like spend that five million with with a guy that lives uh you know fifteen miles away in a condo and has no association with the community that you're that you're that you're trying to rep, to rep. Do you, would you agree with that, John or do you think I'm out to lunch?
1: Oh, what do I think about that? I, I think I think it really depends on your age and I I'm amazed that what the decisions that people do make i'm amazed at tiktok i'm amazed at twitter i'm amazed i i think i try and keep my attitudes flexible because i'm getting older now i'm old now but i still try and keep myself up to date and with it to some extent um but, you know, um, it's a bit like that event that happened in New York, that influencer in the gaming industry where he was handing out Xboxes and and he, he got 3,000 people turning up and there was a semi-riot in central New York. Uh, when I was looking at that, I thought, I just don't understand this. This is the outside, you know, am I becoming an old codger? Um, slowly without me realising, you know, because I just don't get this. I just don't get how this, you know, how he gets 3,000 people and he's getting hammered and I think it's a little bit unfair because I don't think he realised that he was going to get a 3,000 plus crowd and they're going to start off a semi-riot in New York. Right. But but I just felt totally, I just didn't understand it, if you know what I meant. I I do.
0: Um, all right. right. We're Just because of time, we're going to move on to the next one, which is number four, personally prospecting luxury communities, door knocking, which we've already covered. So actually, yeah. if you don't mind, John, I'm yeah. going to skip past it. Yeah. Go on to number five, which is go to networking community events. Uh, go to where your targets get connected to community events. However, you may need some personal connection or interest in the event. I agree with that. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, I have a lot like Jade Mills here in LA, she advertises in the back of the opera magazine for the LA opera, okay? She, uh, she is part of the communities where she believes people are servicing. The guy that uh, I'm mentioning, whose name is just escaping me right now, he mentions at the bottom of his website, a proud member of the Yacht Club because he's, he's repping Lido Island in Newport Beach, which is a coastal community, okay? So he's a member of the actual Yacht Club, I wouldn't be halfway surprised if he had a slip himself. It helps if you're part of the same community activities that people in your luxury community are part of. I have had countless, countless, countless luxury clients come through, and I'm just going to list a few, John, so everybody knows. So I had a luxury client who does custom dev waterfront homes in the luxury parts of the Florida coastline. Her husband was a custom yacht builder. Okay. They synchronized their careers so that she repped the homes in the land and he built the yachts that goes on with it. Be
1: like I, I went out with a an uh I went out with a nurse that's the daughter of a funeral um taker, but he but the mother was uh, a hospital consultant. So it's a similar thing, you know. She dealt they died with her and he buried them. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> so though, that's my thoughts. What do you think about like how how are you gonna approach the community or networking side of it, John?
1: Well, I think you just put it really quite distinctly, aren't you d you, you 'cause you don't waffle like me, but um <laughs> um you yeah, know, you know, like if you're dealing with half a billion do- dollar yachts plus and you don't get that much for half a million when it's new, folks, because um, I, I used to be in sailing in the UK, but, you know, different type of sailing. Um, I have actually got a skipper license in the UK. Yeah, yeah, Robert. <laughs> uh, um, and um, Skipper skip license. Could you see me with a cat, actually?
0: I can, actually, John. I thought you, you could. A, I totally could.
1: Yeah, listen, I, I can as well. Funny enough, uh, um, but there, there we go. But to be serious, if you if you're in the yachting crowd, funny enough, there's a few yachting clubs in Lake Tahoe and it's the same scene up there. You know, if you're rent, you got a um, a yacht up in Lake Tahoe and you live in the, you live in the bay area, they come up to sell the yacht in Lake Tahoe. Same, it's the same thing. Um, that's just a great thing, and if you're into sailing, you know it is a great way of getting in with that crowd, isn't it? It's you know you're talking the same language, you've got the same interest.
0: So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a lot of really clever ways to generate interest, I'm going to recommend an old book, but still viable today, maybe more viable than it was at the time that it was written. Harvey McKay, How to Swim with the Sharks Without Getting Eaten Alive. There's there is a lot that I learned from Harvey McKay's strategies in uh, that would play very, 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 very well into the luxury market. Now, luxury markets, when you're dealing with prospects, you're dealing with people like you're, like, let's just say you do an open house and you see five people in the open house and the property is 25 to $30 million. Everybody in the house is somebody, for sure. Almost, unless you got a looky-loo. So understanding who your audience is, uh, this is where your market research and strategy comes deeply into play. As, as an example, once uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z bought their $80 million estate in Beverly Hills, there have been a couple of ancillary sales that have not made the press quite as much, but it's friends of theirs looking in the same market, buying up property close by. All you got to do is follow along with the news and look at where the relationships lie. Now, what does that mean to everybody who's listening to the show? That means think to yourself, music personalities. And and one of the th- ways that Jay-Z has made himself rich is through clothing labels and designs. So our last thing on the list is dress for success. I want to be clear with you. If anybody's listening to this show and you're thinking that you want to break into hyper luxury, you are no longer able to coast in your career. You've got to be a hunter, a top one percenter, Top one percenters do things differently, man. They're gonna they're gonna do all the research that I'm talking about and they're gonna show up at the open house in probably some Jay-Z apparel, understanding that they might very well run into one of these hip hop personalities. And why would you do all that? Because it's a natural segue into a conversation if you happen to see somebody else wearing a similar street brand. Dress for success these days, like. I've met tech guys who look like they're wearing hoodies and sweaters, but they're wearing $5,000 worth of gear. Like you just don't know that the brands, unless you understand fashion, you don't understand that the brands that they're wearing, it's a $5,000 hoodie. Like you must know that stuff if you're if you're aiming at this really elite market now, if you're just aiming at like top ten top twenty percent, like your average price in a market is seven hundred and fifty and you're gonna sell a five million dollar home. none of this really applies. It could be helpful, but if you're gonna go for the top one to two to three to four to five percent, which is where most of my clients that are notable are the level of what they do and how they prepare, we don't have enough time inside the show to. Note all that. They will research a client who's coming to see a property. Just see it. No commitment to buy. They'll research that client. They'll dress for the client. Like whoever that is. Is Is it? Is it somebody that is a timber heiress? You know, they'll do research on that person. Look at what I'll, they're I'll, wearing online. So
1: I'll bet it online and buy that secondhand $5,000 hoodie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, if you're if you were planning on doing business with a whole bunch of tech moguls, yeah, sure, maybe. Like yeah. if you're doing business with Bankman Freed, maybe. <laughs> um, that's what I've got for dress for success. And I just wanted to go first because my like traditional thinking on dress for success is like let's wear a suit. I think that's I think that's incomplete. It is yeah. always good to wear a suit. I'm not telling you not to wear a suit. But I would say that in the luxury markets, that is really subjective in today's yeah,
1: world. I think, I think you made a good point there. I totally agree, you know, especially in LA, Las Vegas, the top echelon the Las Vegas. It depends which area. Each state has a pocket of these really wealthy type of individuals and, you know, the way you're going to dress, you know, if you're dealing with if you're in the South, chart, chart, you know, Savannah or something, or you're up in Wyoming, you know, it just depends on the crowd you're mixing with. But you, I think the main thing you've got to be dressed so you fit in with the crowd that you're that you're going to be representing, aren't you? I think that's the thing you're trying to point out, isn't it?
0: I do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think
1: um, I think we should wrap it up now, Rob. Because you've been, I think you've had a good show. I've just
0: waffled, haven't I? John, you're so funny. All right, everybody. I do agree with John. I don't agree with on the second part. I do agree with on the first. We're going to wrap the show up, John. Uh, let's do something. Let's continue to do something unique here because we've we always sign off the same way. So obviously, you've got your. <laughs> uh, this gets me worried, Rob. You, how, about, how about we send people to, your, to the Mail right YouTube channel today? Yes. Yeah, how does that
1: them off. sound? Yeah, to Okay. Too.
0: So if you'd like to see more of our great content and learn more about John, you can go do so at YouTube forward slash Mail right. mailright. M-A-I-L-R-I-G-H-T. Um, and uh, unfortunately, John, uh, one of the very few areas where I really deeply screwed up is my YouTube channel which is actually inbound REM Van Eyes. I thought that there might be some signaling for Hyperlocal, and I was just curious to experiment with it. But of course, you can't can't change branding or brand channels. So I kind of screwed mine up, but that is mine. It's inbound REM uh, Van Um Is there anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? No, we've
1: got some great interviews coming up. I've managed to wrestle some victims. No, actually, we got, I think you're going to be, um, we're going to have some great conversations in August. And uh, I've actually en- enjoyed this conversation. I think we have yeah. given some good insights.
0: I think so too. I think so too. And I think this is one of those quit like this is one of those subjects that everybody like it's like it's the equivalent of info real estate porn because everybody wants to know. Even if you have no plans of moving your career, everybody's like, yeah, but what if I did want to sell that $40 million home? What would be involved? You know, everybody wants to know. I get it. It's fascinating. But just so you know, some of the time those real estate agents are literally working all year for that one forty million dollar sale
1: oh, that that or more, you know, the timeline, you know, it just goes out. And, you know, that's the thing you've got to realize. When you think your present clients are demanding. When you start getting into that type of area, you've just got to be up for it and you you just got to know what you're getting into.
0: Right. So mentoring, which would be the last thing I would say about how to become a luxury agent is find a mentor. But we're, we're out of time. That was your bonus content, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, maybe, maybe one of the show. You know, actually, before we do sign off, I think that, John, a show we've never done, we should do, is how to identify and acquire a great real estate mentor
1: that's well, funny enough as you say one of our guests if he turns up he said yes i'm not going to tell you who he is until it's the end of this month he's a top luxury agent in in california he's one of the top producers and he's agreed, he's agreed to come on the show to give us his insights about luxury
0: well great well we should ask him what it would take for somebody to get him as a mentor exactly all right take us line man